Haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason Heal. I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute, and this is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today, we talk to Maxim senior researcher Marcus Roberts about his recent column. Marcus, welcome back to the podcast. Jason, good to be here. (laughs) Always good to have you, mate. We're talking about your latest column for Maxim, Demographics, Debt and Deflation in Our Biggest Market. Now, here you're talking about uh, our biggest export market, China, Mm -hmm. uh, 30% of our exports. You say that uh, that and China in itself is problematic for our nation. Mm. Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, it's the old adage that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. So we have become very reliant on China's um, middle class to buy our exports, our yeah. milk products, our meat, um, our timber. Stuff uh, that we have to sell to the world. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We do these things really well here. Yeah. They have a... Um, they are considered to be high-end quality products overseas, mm. and we have managed to get into the Chinese market and sell a lot of our our, our goods. So, as you were saying, thirty percent of all our exports yeah. go to China now. Yeah, that's fine when China is doing well. Yes. Yeah. And the middle class have um, money to spend on yeah. our goods. Yeah. Um, less. Uh, it's l- less good. It's more problematic <laughs> yes. when China is struggling. Yeah. Economically, and that's the problem: is that now we are entering into a phase where China seems to be economically struggling mm. seriously. Mm. Although it's difficult for us to get straight information out of China in terms of how they're doing uh, economically. But uh, where so that's 30%. That's like 17% higher than our next highest trading partner of, China, uh, of Australia. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how can we kind of address that? Uh, well, how do we get into this situation? Um, with China kind of spiralling down and and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, so how New Zealand got into the situation is because we wanted to get in. Yeah, we we really were pushing for China to be the number number one, one trading partner. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we had so the, we kind of got what we wanted in that sense. Sure. Yeah. So uh, um, under the Helen Clark government of the early two thousands, one of their big foreign policy um, triumphs was that they were one. Of, I think the first in the world or the first Western country in the world to um, agree to a fair trade deal mm. with China, mm. which made it easier for us to sell stuff to yeah. So that's how we got into this situation, how China got into the yeah. situation, the economic situation. So you're right, Jace, there's um, a bit of a difficulty talking about China's economy because the stats are always officially massaged, mm. the ones we do have. Yeah. And then there are other stats where the Chinese Communist Party has just decided not to release anymore. Yeah. So um, total fertility rate is one that they haven't released for about six years. Yeah. And just uh, last month they announced that the youth unemployment rate, which the last official number was 21%, so if we believe that, that's really bad, but yeah. it might even be worse. Yeah. Um, we're going to stop releasing that because oh, wow. it's uh, not good for morale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we don't get information in some key measures, but the mm. information we do have um, suggests that there's a lot of economic headwinds that China's suffering from. Mm. So there was an expectation that once they opened up from COVID lockdowns, which mm. remember were the harshest and the longest yeah. in the world. They were still going on in the middle of 2022, right? I think, no, it was the end of last year. That's, yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's not very long no. ago. Yeah. Um, that they released that. And remember, that was a U-turn. Remember, we're going to have zero COVID yeah. throughout chi- China. Yeah. and We're going to keep that 
place lockdown yes. and then all of a sudden we, we, we can't, can't sustain yep, can't it. Can't do yep. it anymore. So there was an expectation that there would be all this pent-up demand and that would fuel economy, kind yeah. of what's been happening in other countries that have yeah. come out of lockdown. But the opposite's happened. Instead of inflation, which everyone else is dealing with because yeah. we have this pent-up demand and too few supplies, um, China's facing deflation. Yeah. So they have too much stuff and not enough purchases. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the latter part. It yeah. seems to be the problem. Not yeah. enough purchases. Not, yeah. People are not spending money, and that's a problem when we are trying to sell things to the yeah. Chinese middle class. Yeah, yeah. And remember, we're selling things that, if push comes to shove, and they are economically stretched, they can do without. Yeah, we're selling the luxuries, not the not the not the, the essentials. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's well. right. So. How are they going to get out of this and how are we going to get out of this? It's big questions for a short podcast, but uh, I, uh, I believe in you, Marcus. <laughs> Look, if I knew how China was going to get out of this, I probably wouldn't be working here, mate. <laughs> Good on you. I don't know. Um, I think the problem, the concern we have is that there isn't going to be getting out of this mm. for China, mm. that this isn't a recalibration or a couple of years of a downturn, yeah. but that we are seeing fundamental shifts in the Chinese economy based on the lack of children over the last mm. 40, 50 years with one child policy. Mm. I mean, it's a fertility rate of 1.09 children per yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, as far as replacement we can tell. is 2.1, right? Yeah, so, so it's, it's half yeah. of replacement. Yeah. Um, its workforce has been shrinking for a number of years, yeah. um, and that was a big driver of its economic success, was that it had a huge pool of working age uh, people, yes. uh, and fewer elderly and fewer children, and now that's, that's, um, it's got an inverted pyramid now. You've yeah. got four grandparents, two, two parents, and one child. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a problem. Um, and it's just completely indebted, um, because part of the way that they stimulated the economy post-GFC um, was putting all this money into massive projects like highways and tower blocks mm. for no one. For no and, one. And to nowhere. Yeah. Um, look, we all did that. Mm. Helicopter, you know, quantitative easing was, yeah. was the rage, but yeah. China did it. Um, uh, on a, like an, an unprecedented yeah. scale. Yeah, right? so for example, yeah. local government debt. So we're not talking about Chinese um, state, state government. debt. Yeah. We're talking about the local government debt. Yeah. So like in New Zealand, the local councils. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they, they think that it's roughly 100% of China's GDP, <laughs> about 17 billion, uh, tri trillion, trillion US oh dollars. Gosh. Sorry, we're not talking yeah. about New Zealand's no, GDP. No. China's GDP, trillion. 17 trillion US dollars. Just for local government debt. Yeah. Local government debt. Yeah. Um, so how wow. on earth are they going to pay for that? Yeah. Um, is I, I don't know. It's beyond yeah. my reckoning. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The concern is that it's beyond the Chinese Communist Party's reckoning as yeah. well. That yeah, they yeah. won't be able to deal with it, and that means it's not just a couple of years of bad milk prices for New Zealand. Yeah. But it's continuing Con bad yeah. milk prices for yeah. New Zealand and everything else that goes with it. Well, that's a lot of uh, bad news to take in, but. Here in New Zealand, you say we're mostly oblivious to this. What do you mean by that? I'm sure many people listening will be slightly aware of this, mm. but not... Um yeah, so maybe I was being a bit too um, over-sweeping. I, I, what I meant was the uh, discussion around the election has yeah. been oblivious to this. We yeah. haven't mentioned China at all, yeah. really. Well, we have one, one time, right, where they might be able to pay for a, a road uh, upgrade. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they might be able to provide uh, funding for roading projects yeah. like they have throughout Africa and Sri Lanka yeah. and, um, you know, other parts of the Belt and Road Initiative. Yes. Um, we have been focusing on how we pay for things via taxes and mm. what's the correct tax um, distribution and, you know, GST on fruit and veggies and things like that, um, without really considering, okay, well, how do we in the world make our money that we can then tax? Yeah, yeah, how do we generate some income for ourselves? To tax, to, yeah. to then tax. Yeah. Um, and look, 
Chris Luxon, Chris Hipkins, they can't solve China's economic <laughs> no, worries. No. Um, they can't. Mm. It may, may look like they can, but they can't. <laughs> um, but they can start talking to us about the problem that this exposes New Zealand to, or the, mm. the, the exposure that we have to China's economic problem, mm. why this is a problem, and how they're going to help reposition New Zealand's trade so that we're not so reliant on China, mm. that we start looking at other countries, mm. India being the, the obvious example. Mm. We go from the what used to be the most populous country, China, we'll move to the next yeah. one that's now the most populous, India. Yeah. Um, but there are other countries in the region, uh, Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, things like that, where yeah. we could start trying to get into those markets. Much instead. closer than India and um, maybe and more amenable. Yeah, yeah, yeah ab absolutely. So the, the, if we don't recognize we've got a problem, we're not going to solve it. Yeah. So I think that that's the first step. And I just hope that the government is aware that there's a problem. And if they are aware... Uh, and if the leader of the opposition is aware, it would be really nice if they started talking to us about that problem. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Marcus, thanks for being with us today. Cheers, Jason. And now let's hear from Marcus as he reads his column. Aotearoa New Zealand's first ever security strategy document was unusually frank in its assessment of the geopolitical threats facing us. It went so far as to state that an increasingly powerful China was posing challenges to existing rules and norms. Even if we don't get embroiled in war in the Western Pacific, China is still problematic for our nation. This, ironically, stems from the success of our trade relationship. We are heavily reliant upon China as a buyer of our primary produce. It buys around 30% of all our exports. Putting a large proportion of our eggs in one basket works when the Chinese economy is doing well, and the large Chinese middle class has the money to spend on our goods leaving to one side the concern around economic coercion and blackmail, as Australia learned the hard way back in 2020. However, over-dependence on one market becomes a problem when that market's economy is struggling. Unfortunately for our exporters, China is struggling on many fronts. As an omen of ill tidings, the Chinese government has stopped releasing data on all sorts of measures, including its total fertility and youth unemployment rates. This is a big story. There is a real possibility that we are not merely seeing a cyclical recalibration of the Chinese economy, but something much worse. Economists at Zurich recently described the country as being in a downward economic spiral. A large reason is because China is no longer replacing itself. Its fertility rate of 1.09 children per woman is one of the lowest in the world. Its workforce is shrinking. It has become old before becoming rich. Furthermore, its property developers are in debt to the tune of $5 trillion US dollars. Local government debt is roughly 100% of China's GDP, 16 or 17 trillion US dollars. While the rest of the world is still trying to wrestle inflation back into the box, China is facing slowing growth rates and deflation. Yet here in New Zealand, we seem mostly oblivious. In its recent monetary policy statement, the Reserve Bank mentioned the Chinese slowdown as one of the economic headwinds buffeting our economy. But in an election season focusing on domestic issues, China has only been mentioned in the context of providing funding for our roading projects. There has been surprisingly little discussion about whether New Zealand should continue to be overexposed to one trading partner, especially given Italy's recent decision to disentangle itself from China's Belt and Road Initiative. Obviously, our leaders can't do much to improve China's economic position. 
but they can help reposition our trade so that it is not so exposed to the Chinese market. Last year's EU free trade deal is good news, but it took 14 years to bake. That's why it's so important to reinvigorate our relationship with the most populous country in the world, India. And we should definitely reconsider whether it's wise to suggest China lend us money for our roads. The trillion dollar question is whether they will have any. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Mate Wa, goodbye for now.